Testing one, two, three. One, two, three. I have to get my radio voice back on. Yeah, it, it takes a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, it's been a little bit of a little. <laughs> it takes a little bit. See uh, what I mean? Yeah, it's been a while. Tripping over my tongue. Hi, this is Jason and Mark with Interman Radio. A free service to thinkers everywhere, demystifying the Bible by asking the questions your neighborhood pastor is afraid to answer. Hey, Mark, it's good to be back on the uh, back on the airwaves here in our uh, illustrious Interman Radio studio. We need to call our studio something. We need to we Man. need to give it some kind of a name. Hmm. My yeah, I'm not sure either yeah. what that would be. Yeah, my garage. I <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, trying to turn this garage into kind of a Renaissance man cave. I was talking to the neighbor about that the other it day. It has potential. We're not there yet, but uh, <laughs> it has potential. We could, we could get there. <laughs> what does a Renaissance man cave look like? Uh, well, it kind of like what you're looking at. Is it? <laughs> no. Well, then you've got a good start on okay. it. I'd say. <laughs> no, it doesn't have a TV. It, All right. It's, it's got uh, it's got scientific instruments. It has microscopes mm. with tools. And, and 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 things to make wood things out of. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You know, uh, dimly lit, kind of kind of cold, <laughs> like a Quonset hut, but yeah. not quite. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Hey, Mark. This week, uh, we are well. You know, we're in the middle of a series where we're talking about some of the common questions that come up to Christians, and sometimes even by Christians, sure. about whether or not a person can really believe the Bible. So. Uh, and some of those objections that we've gone over is, you know, why, you know, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Sure, sure, uh, sure. You know, what about evil? What about God coexisting evil. with evil? Yeah. Why pain and suffering? Of course, yeah. that kind of ties into the question of bad things happening to good people. We've talked about choice. We've talked about whether or not the Bible is really something that can be trusted. Uh, but there is a, a trump card argument that many would think they have Uh-oh. with regards to whether or not the Bible can be trusted. And that trump card that they it, might just be holding up the sleeve until just the right time and they'll throw it down. And that is, can, but can God build a wall so tall he can't knock it down? Is that it? How did you know? Yeah, how did I love you know that, that was? Oh, man. <laughs> What about hell? Oh. What about hell? How can a loving God uh-huh. create an eternal Ooh. destination for someone to suffer for eternity, especially when a person's supposed crimes, I'm talking as a person who would be a skeptic oh, this here, is good. especially when that person's supposed crimes mm. were not for an eternity, they were short-lived uh-huh. over a period of years and they might have even been good people, but you're saying that because they did not choose Jesus Christ, he, God is going to send them to a hell of eternal torment. I can't believe in a God like that, many right, people right. Would, would claim. And you know what? Uh, some people are using that argument to get out of believing. Sure. Some people believe in God, but that still haunts them. Yeah, I think there's a lot of those questions, like seven that we've that we've considered that that really do leave a lot of folks scratching their head, especially when they meet up with that question when it, they're confronted by that. Okay, so you want me to believe in in God who is all of these things, and yet God is going to allow or, or even you know actively participate in the sending of His supposed objects of His love. To an eternal hell. 
That is that is Correct. hard to wrap the mind around. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of there's a couple of things that um, we have to consider when answering this question. Uh, one of them is is intent. So, um, for example, when Jesus talks about uh, hell, and Jesus does, the, in fact, more than more than any other. Um, New Testament or Old Testament voice in Matthew 25 uh, Jesus describes hell he said then he will also say to those on his left depart from me accursed ones into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels right Um, you know how can God how could God punish anyone if he loves them hmm okay I mean if he's a loving God after all so we really, you uh, you did an excellent job in asking the question with about three layers of complexity of that course. really need to be that really need to be <laughs> isolated and and dealt with individually. But that is how that question is normally asked. Yes. Yeah. So right. Um, so we have to do that if somebody poses that to us. We have to stop and consider. Okay, there is a couple of or or multiple layers to this question. The the first is, um, you know, is it. Um, is it God's will that someone go to hell? Um, hmm. So one might argue that, well, because people are going to hell and God has God has allowed it, therefore it does is it his really will. matter, or does it really even matter if it's His will or not? But right. you're right because if He's allowing it, then clearly He has the power to stop it. Well, um, yes and no. To say that God has the power to stop it, um, God may certainly have the opportunity, but God is limited in what he may do by who God is. So God cannot Build leave the guilty so unpunished. No, 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 hey, no, I'm sorry, no, I'm no, sorry. no, no, that. <laughs> yeah. um, God cannot leave the guilty unpunished. It's part of his character. It's part of who he is. So when he explained that to Moses, he said, you know, I'm God having compassion for thousands and loving kindness, but I will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. So part of who God is, is just. So God is restrained by that. He's also restrained by his word. In this case, so we've got that going off uh, initially. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, right? Right. But God's will is not the only one that determines the outcome for you and I on earth. Our will plays a, plays a major role in that also. We get to decide. Now, God made hell for the devil and his angels, we read in Matthew 25. So it's not God's desire that we go there. However, if we choose to go there, God will honor that choice. Okay, so... And we've talked about choice in an earlier episode um, in this apologetic series. And so I think in wrapping our heads around that, the question really becomes then a person who would object to hell is assuming, A, that people do not have a choice in the matter, that it is God doing all the sending, as opposed to a person choosing to go there. That would be the assumption. Could and then, be one, yeah. And then the other one would be, well, um, if... Uh, if they object to that, to that idea, then really a person has to ask and say, well, would you rather live in a system where people do not have choice? Would you rather live in a system where we are all automatons 
where we are all just doing like ants do what they do. But there is no decisions made in our life. There is no decision or cognitive ability to choose our path in life because that really is the reality that a person is suggesting if they say, well, why did God even set up a system where a person could choose hell? Why, why not make it so that they don't, that's not even a possibility. Is that really the alternative that we're looking at? Well, that's one of them. Um, and while, you know, that may, it's terrible, that may get us out of the frying pan. Oh, man. Um, but oh. I think it puts us into the fire because if we, if we take that tack, then, yeah, it eliminates the problem of hell. Um, but it, of course, puts us in the position where God is, God is, uh, is, a tyrant then you couldn't make a case that god is a loving god if he doesn't offer choice there is another option and that that is that god has given us choice but the options that we have are not just ah so if okay. you know and that you kind of alluded to that in the question that um god's idea of justice is not really uh proportionate to the crime right an eternal punishment for a short-lived crime yeah, okay. yeah. So if one crime, if breaking the law in one point is sufficient, James says, to be guilty of all, um, certainly that's guilty enough to be condemned for eternity. So to to break the law in one point, that, that seems a little rough. Yeah. Don't you think? A little bit. I mean, uh, okay, so you've got a guy who's a good guy, good fella, uh, and uh, but um, you know he he broke the commandment of uh, uh, he made a false vow. Okay, so he's going kill him. To, he's going to suffer eternal punishment <laughs> right. because of that. Right. Or, or someone didn't honor the Sabbath. Eternal punishment. Or you know we're just going to be using uh, Old Testament commandments here. But but even he didn't love his neighbor as himself. Mm-hmm. Eternal punishment. In some way, he fell short of the glory of God, and so the wages of that sin would be death. Death, right? So we have to consider what is exactly the nature of our offense. If um, I was, you know, well, I took, uh, you know, I stole five dollars uh-huh. from some poor little kid. <laughs> At the, uh, <laughs> You're so bad. I know. Oh, my goodness. At the ice cream man. Oh, no. How about that? <laughs> hey, kid, give me that $5. <clears throat> right? So, okay, so I take, I mean, that's a terrible crime. So, so if I steal five bucks, you're telling me that God is just to send me to an everlasting torment over five bucks? Yeah, that's the question, isn't it? That is the question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, was I mean, although, <laughs> although, Mark, the, with the, with a the smile that you are, with a smile that you have, yeah. talking about taking the five bucks, uh-huh. he would be, hundred <laughs> percent. He would be. It would be justified completely yeah, in anybody's so. book. Yeah. Anybody's You're probably right. <clears throat> well, okay, I've taken five bucks from him, but I've done something very different in a spiritual sense. Okay. So, and there are when we. If we commit crimes against our fellow man, um, we have that to pay back. But David makes an interesting observation when he's, you know, praying for re- repentance in Psalm 51. You know, obviously he sinned in that context uh, against against Uriah the Hittite, um, whose wife, um, you know, David took, and uh, and whose murder uh, he arranged. 
So, David, if we were going to talk about to whom David is responsible, uh, Uriah is going to have to be near the top of that list. Yep. But when David writes that in Psalm 51, when he's, when he's making that prayer of repentance, yes. David says, against you and you only, I have Sin. sinned. That's right. And he's not talking about Uriah, he's talking about God. So there are two levels of responsibility. There's the, there's the level you know, toward our fellow man, but then there's the element of what we have done to God. And okay. that's a different thing. All right. So uh, you take the five bucks from the kid. I forget the story, the scenario right. you set it up. But, but you, you take the five bucks from the kid. You've sinned against God in robbing that child of his money. Yes. Yes. It, so what's the sin against God that you just performed? Well, the nature of my crime is spiritual in that I have violated who God is. I've violated his character. I have not lived according to, uh, really, to who God has revealed himself to be. So I have, again, in, to use the language of Romans 3, I have fallen short of the glory of, of, God. The glory of God. Okay. And the wages of that sin, not the sin of, you know, just swiping the five bucks, the wages of that sin is death. Because that's what I chose. If I've decided that I don't want to be made in the likeness of God, if, I have, if I've chosen the sin instead, then it's not that God has, has said, now the only consequence for you has to be an eternal hell. I'm the one who made that decision. I said, Lord, I don't want to be close to you, and this sin is gonna, is, causes a separation between you and I, and so the result is, I have to be apart from you. Okay. Okay, so would this be analogous to, say, uh, a, a parent-child relationship or maybe even a marriage relationship where one party is continually rejecting yeah. the other, but in the rejecting of the other, they boil each instance of rejection down to its most minor denominator. Like, like for instance, a husband would, would come home and maybe make a snide remark to his wife about how she looks in her dress or whatever. And, and now she knows that what he's really saying is, is I don't love you and I really have no respect for you. Yep. But what he, what he could come back and say is, well, all I did was, all just I make said, a, what, all right, I said was, exactly. I just made a little funny about your dress. What do you What's the big deal? You know, or, or a kid, you know, who's, you know, someone who's really in rebellion and they're just going to go and rip snort and, and, and just, go all in on the world and do all kinds of stuff but they're going to boil each of those actions and well all i did was just yes. I, I i was just five minutes late to work well i i was i i know i said i'd be home by a certain time but i was only this and and, and so everything that they do they just boil it down to the m most minor of points but really the real problem isn't that they were late right the real problem isn't the snide remark the right. real problem is that you're rejecting a relationship and you're saying, I want nothing to do with you or I'm rebelling against you. Yes, yeah. and God says, if that's your choice, you can have that. So, you know, that's consistent with how God works with us all the time. Romans chapter 1 is a great discourse about how they rejected God, they rejected the knowledge of God as creator, they didn't give thanks, and God said, okay. He said, if that's what you want, Wish granted, you know, right. he gave them over to a depraved mind. He gave them, you can read their bodies were dishonored among them. It wasn't that God said or that God desired any of those outcomes for them. 
God, God worked, in fact, just the opposite to try and draw mankind to himself. But when mankind rejected him, then God said, if that's what you want, if you're sure that's what you want, I'll give it to you. So hell, hell then is really, it is the fulfillment of a person's desire to be without God. It is the, it is the perfect fulfillment of that choice to be completely and utterly and totally apart from God. Huh. That's profound. Because most people don't look at their actions as in that context. And of course, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. That that is the problem. Because most people are in denial that each individual deed that we would do that would be a sin is really a rejection of God. Just like the the teenager who would say, well, all, all I did was forget to wash the dishes. You right, know? right. Okay, well, no, it's much more than that. Yeah, it really is. But, you know, it seems so strange. The loving God is going to give us precisely what we ask for. So then people begin to make up a whole bunch of different hypotheticals. Well, what if, uh-huh. what if instead of hell, why doesn't God just let us be? You, why doesn't you God mean like just, just, just let us die and just be at the end of us? Either that or, you know, just let us live on the earth forever or, you know, there's a whole bunch of, of different facets to this. You know, why can't God just leave us alone and just be, just leave us happy? Bug out. Just get out, get out of my life. Okay. Um, but see, we've already answered that question. Because they don't want to, you know, if that's what hell is, the, the perfect uh, separation from God, then really what they're asking for is they want God's blessings. They want part of that. I see. But they don't want anything more. Ah, okay. So, so what you're saying is hell really is the definition of the complete absence of God. Yep. If you have an absence of God, you get hell. And so when a person objects to hell, but yet they say they want to have nothing to do with God, what they're really saying is, I want all the blessings of living in a system that has godly attributes, honesty, integrity, protection, justice, equality, love, beauty, all those. I want those things in my life, but I want to reject the source of those things. And so... What you're, what you're saying is, is look, if a person says they don't want God, then they're also saying they don't want love. They don't want just, they, they don't want justice. They don't want comfort. They don't want any of the things that would come along with a loving God. That's right. And, and God does exactly as they demand. He says, okay, you got it. I'm not going to force any of me onto you, which brings up another interesting interesting, uh, I guess, uh, side argument, and that is, well, how can, I mean, I think if anybody had a taste of what hell was like, they would, they would reject it immediately. Don't, don't you think, I mean, you, you, you would could think sample so it. If, if they recognized that's what it was. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, if God were to throw you in a, you know, the, the burning, the darkness, the, the, the agony, I mean, all of those things that make up an incomprehensible eternal torment. 
if God were to were to throw you in there for you know there's those those books that come out of, I don't know how many minutes did you get in heaven and then somebody oh. spent <laughs> some time in I don't know right, some time right. in I hell you think right. Right. Uh, you think you know 10 seconds would be plenty of time in hell to make the determination that it's not what I want to choose that that should be clear Seems about after right. a short sampling mm, yeah but on the other hand is would god be just to to give people that sample or to torment them even for a short amount of time <clears throat> if they hadn't done anything to deserve it would he be just to give them that sample if they had not done anything to deserve it yeah i mean no. so i mean if we take the kids right say listen kid um this is what a good whooping feels like, and I want I want you to I want you to really wrap your mind around what a good what a good whooping is, right? So that you'll know in case you do anything wrong, right? You've got this as a reference point. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Uh, and and, and I that just seems a little bit, but that goes back to the smiling Mark Miller that took five <laughs> bucks from the kid. Right. That just right. <clears throat> we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't say, "Oh yeah, that's that's a good idea." Kids He's still need smiling. to know. Kids need to know what uh, what they're really choosing when they're not cleaning their rooms. <clears throat> we would say we would say that is unjust. We would say that's you, you can't do that to poor children. Um, and so we we're back at the same point. Well, if if that's unjust, then it certainly is unjust for God to grant, you know, uh, for God to to uh, uh, to give us a sampling of hell, but what if? Wait, wait a minute. Ah, I might disagree on this because mm-hmm. it if it depends on the purpose. Because in the in the case of the fairly sadistic dad who decides he wants to whoop his kids so that they'd know what's coming down it's the road, it's a preventive measure, right? But right, you know, and I, and I, maybe I'm picturing somebody with the wrong attitude, but. A loving dad who does allow his kids to taste punishment to protect them from future mistakes, to 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 help train them against the bigger stuff coming down the road. That's not that kind of punish. That's that's training a child in the way he ought to go. I mean, isn't that that's that's God disciplines the sons that he loves. And so anyone who without discipline is not a true son. So so. uh, But when does he discipline them? Does he discipline them before or after they've fallen short? Before or after they've they've made their errors? I see. It's the consequence of our choices. It is. It is. And that's that's precisely what hell has to be is the consequence of our choices. There are uh, there are other variants of those arguments. Why not just simply extinguish mankind rather than punish him eternally? The problem that I have with those is I don't have any basis to assume that such a thing is possible. I, I can't say with any degree of certainty that God has the option since we were made in his image. As spiritual beings? Right. Okay. I, I don't know that God has the option since we're made of the same stuff that he is in that spiritual sense. I don't know that God has the option to just extinguish mankind. We don't know. And... But where we end up is that regardless of of which one of these variants, it's never enough for the one who objects to hell. It's either, you know, I, I want this, or this is not fair, or this has to be true, or there has to be another way. Um, 
they demand that that God's justice meet their qualifications. And you you just simply can't do that. You just simply can't say, Lord, this is what's fair, and uh, and therefore you have to abide by what I consider to be just. We're left with some insufficient information. But what we do understand, and I think this is really helpful, is um, um, when we talk about spiritual death, Adam and Eve, I think, form a good illustration for us of a consequence which is known but unexperienced. So in the Garden of Eden, for example, Adam and Eve are hanging out there, life is great, and God warns them, listen, in the day you eat of this, you, you will, will die. Die. They haven't seen death at all. They right. haven't seen anything die. Right. They've never died. They've never seen anybody else die. Yep. So it sounds bad. I mean, whatever death is, I mean, it sounds like it's it probably it's, not something I want to do because the, the tone of voice God used was <laughs> like, it's kind of bad. So Right. Right. Um, right. So, so, so is God just? to give them the consequences of their decisions when they choose to do that. Yes, he yes. warned them of it. Yeah, he did. <clears throat> and he can't really give them a sampling. He can't say, well, I'm going to kill you so that you know what death is like. Right. <clears throat> but so Adam and Eve, even though they have not experienced what spiritual death is, they are still, um, it's still just for God, they know about it. It's just for God to give them the results of their decisions and what they have demanded by their actions. Right. So just because they didn't understand what it was in all of its gory details doesn't mean that he was unjust in in giving them that punishment. Because right. they still had the opportunity to choose what, whether or not they wanted it. Yeah, they certainly did. Whether or not they were going to obey God. Yeah. Okay. I think um, maybe just to to encapsulate, you know, how would God try, you know, to to turn mankind from his irrational penchant of 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 moving away from him? You know, how would God try and and turn them around? And I think the Romans one passage speaks to this a little bit. You know. It wasn't God's goal that they just slipped further into depravity. The, the goal of giving them the results of their actions was to try and turn them so that they'd move in a positive direction. Right. Okay. What, if, what if this life is precisely that? I mean, there are some, there are some tremendous blessings in this life, um, but all of those can be attributed in one way or another to the presence or the character of God. So where there is good in this world, it's, it's as a, either a direct or an indirect expression of who God is and, and what he's done. It's, right. it's love, it's kindness, it's faithfulness, it's loyalty. It's, I mean, all of those things that are characteristic of God in this life are the things that make it worth living. But in very much the same way, all the things in this life that are um, that are most uh, most painful to us, things like things like separation, death. things like loss, yes, mm -hmm. things like death, dishonesty, mm -hmm. um, betrayal. I mean, all of those things 
murder, envy, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, all of those things that are, that are so difficult in this life, the things that are so hard and so agonizing for us are really the results of the absence of that same character. And so I personally, it's, I suppose that this life is as much of a sample as what God can give us of what a, an existence perfectly without him right. would be like. And it is his effort to try and turn us from rejecting him entirely. And we'll see you next time on Inner, Inner Man, Man Radio. Radio. Yeah, thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, you can be sure to never miss an episode by visiting innermanradio.org or get automatic notifications on your phone with the Innerman Radio app. It's available on Google Play or Apple Stores. <laughs>